are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500-page work, by the Venerable Maria Vagrida. If you would like to discuss today's readings, you can do so over on Facebook. When you find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, you'll be able to interact with me and other listeners and followers. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 154. We are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 11, Paragraphs 489 to 499. Chapter 11. The holy angels announce the birth of our Lord in different parts of the world, and the shepherds come to adore him. 489. After the courtiers of heaven had thus celebrated the birth of God-made man, near the portals of Bethlehem. Some of them were immediately dispatched to different places in order to announce the happy news to those who, according to the divine will, were properly disposed to hear it. The holy prince Michael betook himself to the holy patriarchs in limbo and announced to them how the only begotten of the Eternal Father was already born into the world and was resting humble and meek as they had prophesied in a manger between two beasts. He addressed also in a special manner holy Joachim and Anne in the name of the Blessed Mother, who had enjoined this upon him. He congratulated them that their daughter now held in her arms the desired of nations, and him who had been foretold by all the patriarchs and prophets, Isaiah seven fourteen nine seven. It was the most consoling and joyful day which this great gathering of the just and the saints had yet had during their long banishment. All of them acknowledged this new God-man as the true author of eternal salvation, and they composed and sang new songs of adoration and worship in his praise. St. Joachim and Anne enjoined the messenger of heaven, St. Michael, to ask Mary their daughter to worship in their name the divine child, the blessed fruit of her womb. And this, the great queen of the world, immediately did for them, listening with great jubilee to all that the holy prince reported concerning the patriarchs of Limbo. 490. Another of the holy angels that attended and guarded the heavenly mother was sent to St. Elizabeth and her son John. On hearing this news of the birth of the Redeemer, the prudent matron and her son, although he was yet of so tender an age, prostrated themselves upon the earth and adored their God-made man in spirit and truth. John 4.23 The child, which had been consecrated as his precursor, was renewed interiorly with a spirit more inflamed than that of Elias, 
causing new admiration and jubilation in the angels themselves. St. John and his mother requested our queen through the angels that she, in the name of them both, adore her most holy son and offer him their services, all of which the heavenly queen immediately fulfilled. 491. Having thus been informed of what had happened, St. Elizabeth hastened to send one of her domestics to Bethlehem with presents for the Blessed Mother and the infant God. They constituted in some money some linen and other things for the comfort of the newly born and of his mother and her spouse. The servant betook himself on the way with no other instruction than that he visit the Blessed Virgin and St. Joseph, and take notice of what comfort or want was theirs, so that he might bring back certain information of their circumstances and well-being. He had no other knowledge of the sacrament except what he himself could perceive with his own eyes, but renewed and touched by an interior and divine force, he came back and in wonderful jubilee described to St. Elizabeth the poverty and the charming grace of her cousin, of the child, and of St. Joseph, and what feelings were excited in him on beholding them. Admirable were the sentiments roused in the godly matron by his ingenuous narration. If it had not been for the will of God that the secret and privacy of this high sacrament should be preserved, she could not have restrained herself from visiting the Virgin Mother and the newborn God. Of the things sent by her, the Queen appropriated some for relieving their extreme poverty, while she distributed the rest of them to the poor, for she did not wish to be deprived of the company of the poor during the days in which she would have to remain in the portal or cave of the Nativity. 492. Other angels were delegated to bring the news to Zachary, Simeon, and Anne, the prophetess, and to some other just and holy people who were worthy to be trusted with this new mystery of our redemption. For as the Lord found them prepared to receive this news with gratitude and with benefit to themselves, he considered it a just due to their virtue not to hide from them the blessing conferred upon the human race. Although not all the just upon the earth were informed at that time of the sacrament, yet in all of them were wrought certain divine effects in the hour in which the Savior of the world was born. For all the just felt in their hearts a new and supernatural joy, though they were ignorant of its cause. There were not only movements of joy in the angels and in the just, but also wonderful movements in the insensible creatures. For all the influences of the planets were renovated and enlivened. The sun much accelerated its course, the stars shone in greater brightness, and for the magi kings was formed that wonderful star, which showed them the way to Bethlehem, Matthew 2, 2. Many trees began to bloom and others to produce fruit. Some temples of the idols were overthrown, and in others the idols were hurled down, and their demons put to flight. These wonders and other happenings in the world on that day men accounted for in different ways, but far from the truth. Only among the just there were many who by divine impulse suspected or believed that God had come into the world, yet no one knew it with certainty except those to whom it was revealed. Among these were the three magi, to each of whom in their separate oriental kingdoms angels of the queen's guard were sent to inform them by interior and intellectual enlightenment that the Redeemer of the human race had been born in poverty and humility. At the same time, they were inspired with the sudden desire of seeking him and adoring him, 
and immediately they saw the star as a guide to Bethlehem, as I will relate farther on. 493. Amongst all these, the shepherds of that region who were watching their flocks at the time of the birth of Christ were especially blessed. Luke 2.8 Not only because they accepted the labor and inconvenience of their calling with resignation from the hand of God, but also because being poor and humble and despised by the world, they belonged in sincerity and uprightness of the heart to those Israelites who fervently hoped and longed for the coming of the Messiah speaking and discouraging of him among themselves many times. They resembled the author of life, as they were far removed from the riches, vanity, and ostentation of the world, and far from its diabolical cunning. John 10.14 They exhibited in the circumstances of their calling the office, which the good shepherd had come to fulfill in knowing his sheep and being known to them. Hence they merited to be called and invited as the first fruits of the saints of the Savior himself, to be the very first ones to whom the eternal and incarnate word manifested himself by whom he wished to be praised, served, and adored. Hence the archangel Gabriel was sent to them as they watched on the field, appearing to them in human form and with great splendor. 494 the shepherds found themselves suddenly enveloped and bathed in the celestial radiance of the angel, and at his sight, being little versed in such visions, they were filled with great fear. The holy prince reassured them and said, You upright men, be not afraid, for I announce to you tidings of great joy, which is that for you is born today the Redeemer Christ, our Lord, in the city of David, and as a sign of this truth, I announce to you that you shall find the infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger. Luke 2, 10, 12. All these words of the angel suddenly appeared as a great multitude of the celestial army, who in voices of sweet harmony sang to the Most High these words, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men of good will. Rehearsing this divine canticle so new to the world, the holy angels disappeared. All this happened in the fourth watch of the night. By this angelic vision, the humble and fortunate shepherds were filled with the divine enlightenment and were unanimously impelled by a fervent longing to make certain of this blessing and to witness with their own eyes the most high mystery of which they had been informed. 495. The signs which the holy angels had indicated to them did not seem appropriate or proportion for attesting to the greatness of the newborn to eyes of the flesh. For to lie in a manger and to be wrapped in swaddling clothes would not have been convincing proof of the majesty of a king, if these shepherds had not been illumined by divine light and been enabled to penetrate the mystery. As they were free from the arrogant wisdom of the world, they were easily made proficient to the divine wisdom, Conferring among themselves the thoughts excited by this message, they resolved to hasten in all speed to Bethlehem and see the wonder made known to them by the Lord. They departed without delay, and entering the cave or portal, they found, as St. Luke tells us, Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in a manger. Seeing all this, they recognized the truth of what they had heard of the child. Upon this followed an interior enlightenment consequent upon seeing the word made flesh, for when the shepherds looked upon him, he also glanced at them, emitting from his countenance a great effulgence, which wounded with love the sincere heart of each of these poor yet fortunate men. With divine efficiency it changed them and renewed them, constituting them in a new state of grace and holiness, 
and filling them with an exalted knowledge of the divine mysteries of the Incarnation and the redemption of the human race. 496. Prostrating themselves on the earth, they adored the Word made flesh, not any more as ignorant rustics, but as wise and prudent men they adored him, acknowledged and magnified him as true God and man, as restorer and redeemer of the human race. The heavenly lady and mother of the child took notice of all that they did interiorly and exteriorly, for she saw into their inmost hearts. In highest wisdom and prudence, she preserved the memory of all these happenings and pondered them in her soul. Luke 2.19 Comparing them with the other mysteries therein contained and with the holy prophecies and sayings of the scriptures. As she was then the organ of the Holy Spirit and the representative of the infant, she spoke to the shepherds, instructing and exhorting them to preserve in divine love and in the service of the Most High. They also conversed with her on their part, and showed by their answers that they understood many of the mysteries. They remained in the cave from the beginning of dawn until midday, when, having given them something to eat, our great queen sent them off full of heavenly grace and consolation. 497. During the days in which Most Holy Mary, the child, and St. Joseph remained in the gates of Bethlehem, these holy shepherds returned a few times and brought such presents as in their poverty they could spare. What St. Luke says about those that wondered at what the shepherds said concerning the Holy Family happened later, after the queen, the child, and St. Joseph had departed and fled for the neighborhood of Bethlehem. For divine providence so arranged things that the shepherds were unable to spread about these news before that time. Not all of these that heard them speaking about this matter believed them, for they held them to be uncultured and ignorant people. These shepherds, however, were saints, and were filled with divine knowledge until they died. Among those who believed them were Herod, on account of his worldly. Among those who believed them was Herod, although not because of any laudable faith or piety, but on account of his worldly and wicked fear of losing his kingdom. Among the children who merited to be sacrificed by him, there were also some belonging to these holy men. Their parents consented joyfully to the martyrdom, which the children themselves desired, and offering themselves up to the Lord, whom they were made to know beforehand. Instruction of the Most Holy Queen, Mary. 498. My daughter, forgetfulness and inattention regarding the works of the Redeemer are as reprehensible as they are common and frequent among mortals. Yet these works are most mysterious, loving, merciful, and instructive. Thou hast been called and chosen to receive knowledge and enlightenment for avoiding such dangerous and gross torpidity. Therefore I wish that in the mysteries thou hast just written, thou take notice of and ponder over the burning love of my most holy Son in communicating himself to men as soon as he was born, in order to make them immediate partakers of the joyful fruit of his coming. Men do not know of this obligation, because few of them penetrate to the significance of this great blessing. Just as there were few who saw the word at his birth and thanked him for his arrival, they are not aware of the cause of their evil state and of their blindness, which neither was nor is to be ascribed to the Lord, nor to any fault in his love, but to the sins and the bad dispositions of men." If their own bad dispositions would not impede or make them unworthy of this favor, 
the same light which was given to the just, to the shepherds, and to the kings, would have been vouchsafed to all or to many. That there should be so few will make thee understand in what an unhappy condition the world was at the time of the coming of the incarnate word, and also the unhappiness of the present times, when these mysteries have become so evident, and when grateful memory of them is become so scarce. 4.99 Consider the wicked disposition of mortals in the present age in which the light of the gospel has been spread out and confirmed by so many miracles wrought by God and his church. In spite of all this, there are so few who are perfect and who seek to dispose themselves for greater participation in the fruits and benefits of redemption. Although the number of fools is so great and the vices are become so measureless, there are those who think that also the perfect are numerous, because forsooth men do not so openly dare to act in opposition to God. There are fewer than one thinks, and many less than there should be. Seeing that God is so much offended by the infidels and continually desires to communicate the treasures of grace in his church according to the merits of his only begotten made man. Be mindful, dearest, of the obligation imposed upon thee by the very clear knowledge of these truths. Live cautiously with great attention and watchfulness. Correspond to his grace, losing no time, occasion, or circumstance, for acting in the most holy and perfect manner known to thee. For thou canst not fulfill thy duty otherwise. Remember what I tell thee. Command and urge upon thee that thou receive not such great favor in vain. 2 Corinthians 6.1 Do not allow thy grace and light to be without profit, but make use of them in perfection of thankfulness. This concludes our reading today for day number 154. We have been reading from volume 2, book 4, chapter 11. Paragraphs 489 to 499. Today we heard some incredible things in our reading. The first, the announcement to limbo or that place of waiting. Because remember, Jesus opens the gates of heaven. And so there is this Sheol, this place of waiting that the Jewish people have believed in. And the news is brought there that the Savior has been born. You can only imagine Isaiah. The virgin has finally conceived and given birth to a son. Emmanuel is with his people now. You can only think of any number of the prophecies as we heard, as that announcement is made. Think about Jochim and Anne who have died and who are in this place of waiting. They receive this word and they send back the angel and they say, Let you wor please worship in my place. This God-made man, this grandchild of ours. And so that's a beautiful sentiment to think about. Jochum and Anne from eternity hearing about the birth of Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, their child. We heard about the announcement that was made to the shepherds. This is one that is actually biblical. We know that the angel says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to his people. I bring to you great news of great joy. And then they hear the birth of the Lord. And maybe troubling to us as we heard it today, that the shepherds had infants that would have been unnumbered among the holy innocents. But because they know the good news of who this child is, 
They were willing, it says, to sacrifice their own children. Their parents consented to the martyrdom which the children themselves desired and offering themselves up to the Lord whom they were made to know beforehand. They don't die in vain. They know because this announcement has been made to the shepherds. Herod believed the shepherds while others did not believe them because of how they looked or because of who they were in their status or in their class. The birth of Jesus being announced throughout the world. Just as we celebrated every Christmas, allowing that news to bring our hearts joy once again. That news has been renewed year after year. May we always hear and receive this news with great joy. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.